Chapter thirty seven of A Cousin's Conspiracy or A Boy's Struggle for an Inheritance by Horatio Alger, Jr. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Abigail Rasmussen. Chapter thirty seven Ernest Comes Into His Own. On Tuesday, Bolton returned with Ernest. Two hours were spent in conference with Stephen Ray. The latter fought hard, but yielded at last. He understood the strength of his opponent's case. Ernest consented to receive the estate as it was bequeathed to his father, without any demand for back revenues. Whatever Stephen Ray had accumulated besides, he was allowed to retain. As this amounted to a hundred thousand dollars, Ray felt that it might have been worse. Had he not been dissuaded by Bolton, Ernest would have consented to share the estate with the usurper, but the lawyer represented that this would be condoning the wrong done to his father. In a month the whole matter was settled, and Stephen Ray removed to Chicago where he had business interests. "'But what shall I do with this large house?' asked Ernest. "'I don't want to live here.' "'I know a gentleman who would like to hire it for a term of years,' responded Bolton. He will pay a rental of $5,000 a year. The bonds which you inherit will yield an income equally large. So that my income will be $10,000 a year? said Ernest, dazzled. Yes. What shall I do with it all? Bolton smiled. You are but seventeen, he said. A few years hence you will probably marry. Then you can occupy the house yourself. Meanwhile... I will go back to California. Luke will expect me. While I am away, I appoint you my man of business. I wish you to have charge of my property at a proper commission. I will undertake the charge with pleasure. Bolton knew how much this would increase his importance in the eyes of the firm by which he was employed. Ernest could not have made a better choice. Bolton was no longer intemperate. He was shrewd and keen and loyal to his young employer. Ernest returned to California, but he had lost his old zest for business, now that his fortune was secure. He soon came east again, and entered upon a plan of study, ending with a college course. He brought with him Frank Fox, the son of the dead outlaw, who regarded him with devoted affection. They lived together, and he placed Frank at a well-known school, justly noted for the success of its pupils. Of the many boys with whom Frank associated, not one suspected that the attractive lad, who was a favorite with all, was a son of the desperado whose deeds were a matter of common knowledge in the West. Ernest had cautioned the boy to say as little as possible of his past history. Years have gone. What Bolton predicted has come to pass. Ernest is a college graduate, and will soon marry a young lady of a high position in the city of New York. He will go abroad for a year, and on his return he will make his home on his ancestral estate. Last week he received a letter from a patient in a New York City hospital. It was signed John Franklin, a name with which he was not familiar. In some wonder he answered the call and was led to a bed on which he lay a gaunt, spectral man, evidently in the last stage of existence. "'Is this John Franklin?' asked Ernest doubtfully. "'That is the name I go by now,' answered the dying man. 
Do I know you? Have I ever met you? Yes. I don't remember you. If I tell you my real name, will you keep it a secret? Yes. Then I am John Fox. You will not betray me? No, certainly not. Can I do anything for you? Yes. You are the guardian of my brother's child. Yes. Is he alive? Is he well? Yes. Will you bring him here before I die? I will. I cannot refuse the request of a dying man. Ernest brought Frank to the bedside of his dying uncle. It was a sad interview. Frank was moved, but John Fox, seeing him strong, handsome, robust, felt comforted. He at last has profited by the fate that overtook his father and myself. I shall die content, for I leave him in good hands. Don't let him think too hardly of us. I will not. So far as I can compass it, his future life shall be happy. The dying outlaw reached out his hand and pressed Ernest gratefully. A day later he was dead. End of chapter 37 End of A Cousin's Conspiracy or A Boy's Struggle for an Inheritance by Horatio Alger, Jr.